So with that, hi and welcome to After the Hype with me as your host as always, Brian Dressel. With me as always is Chewy Darso. Oh, hello. And Ryan James. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan hey, Hardesty is sure not one. here today because he got called into work. Poor Jonathan Poor Hardesty. John. If he's listening out there, we miss you. Yeah. Uh, special guest today, you might remember him from uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> but what was it, like six weeks? I don't remember. This, yeah. Yeah. Time flies in this thing. We have Eric Steffens on. Hey, guys. Uh, Eric, do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself, where we can find you, all that sort of fun stuff? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, the Imperfect Chase. Uh, imperfect, like I M P E R F E C T. Make sure I did that. And Chase, C H A S E. Uh, if you want to go see me, I'm going to be at uh, Sal's Comedy Hole doing stand up next Saturday. Uh, tickets are only 10 bucks if you buy in advance, and it's at 8 p.m. Uh, yeah, and I'm Eric Steffens on Twitter, but I hardly use a Twitter. I think by the time this comes out, it will be this Saturday because you're talking about. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because this will drop yeah. the upcoming Thursday. Okay, so yeah. at that point. Yeah, so two days from now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Come see me do stand up. Uh, it's really good stuff. Uh, Brian and Chewy actually saw me. Yeah, a couple I, weeks ago. I can uh, I can attest. It's not just you know being friends from sixth grade. Like, oh, I have to enjoy this. Like, I legitimately enjoyed this. <laughs> like, I've been to a many a thing of. Yeah, I enjoyed it because we're friends. And this one, actually, he was very, very funny. It's one of those amazing backhanded compliments when you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. surprisingly, I actually thought you were funny. Well, get, and I'm not being Yeah, you nice. get that too. People are being like, like, wow, you were really funny, which I, I feel as them being like, wow, you're usually boring. <laughs> right. You know, like that's how well, they're going. It's like I said to you after your show, like I've known you since sixth grade. I've always enjoyed your comedy, but I, was, I wasn't I was like concerned, but it was one of those things like I wonder how it's going to translate to stage. Right, and it, right. Like, I can tell you it was a very flawless transition. It was very, very funny. It's yeah. nice to see people enjoy what i've enjoyed since sixth grade That's right, right oh thank you yeah thank of course <laughs> yeah that was, was really good compliment there all right I, so I, moving I, on to where have you been doing uh I, i'm gonna go first i went and saw teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 out of the shadows last night um and i'm gonna keep this nice and short and luckily chewie's walked away so she can't scream all her hate about it oh she's walking back here she, she comes she's scream. coming back oh to hate no oh no oh no <laughs> uh no i uh, as a turtles fan i love the shit out of it it was exactly what i wanted to see from like a ninja turtles movie uh, if I was, say, like eight, if this came out the same time the original did, this would be my favorite movie of all time. Because it's basically just a love letter to the cartoons, which oh, is, yeah. it's great, and it's a lot of fun. And they, again, trying you to keep it short. better than the first Turtles? No. I mean, no, but if I was little and this is the one that'd come out, it would have oh, been gotcha. my favorite okay. uh, Now, just kind of knowing more about like film, that's <laughs> definitely a better film. Right. Okay. It still is not my favorite. My favorite is still, even the first one's not my favorite. My favorite is the 2007 TMNT, because that movie is phenomenal. My but, favorite will still be the current cartoon show, because... I'm just talking about movies. The yeah. current cartoon show is great. But no, just the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is like, intense. Like, yeah, it's if great. you go back and oh. watch it, like... It's a much better movie. Like, Ralph sitting in the tub is like, oh, yeah. gets me. Um, go listen to John and I on the Front Row Movie Reviews podcast and we talk all about it. Uh, but yeah, so the things that I liked about it is that the first movie had way too much like product placement. It was a story about April and Vern for some reason and this movie throws all that out the window. There's very, very, very little product placement in it. Uh, it's a movie strictly about the turtles. It's their character arcs. All four of them get an arc in the movie. This one was not directed by Michael Bay, right? Neither was the first one. Oh, okay. They're both just produced by him. But this, they actually fired the director of the first one and replaced him with, I think, Brad something. But I, yeah. but they did a really good job with it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's still it's not a flawless movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I had a lot of fun with it. And I really, really just... Like they took everything that worked in the first movie and just like kind of amped it up to eleven. So they really nailed the turtles in the first one and nothing else. And the now the turtles are even better. The, the turtle are design great. is better. The turtle design is better. They don't all look like huge hulking monsters. Raph still does, but the rest of them, they've definitely shrunk down a little bit. Like Donatello is really kind of skinny and lanky and looks That's more cool. nerdy. Michelangelo is a lot smaller this time. Like they just made improvements all around, and it really kind of it brings in. I read one review that said this that I think is really really true. If they keep getting better at this rate. By the third one, we're going to have a great movie. But mm, it, I kind of wish this one was as great as I want it to be, and I will continue to say that it is, although I might know it's not the best thing in the world. I still loved it, and I had a blast. That's I like it. the first three where they went to Turtles in Time. and then it, oh. I still, Turtles in Time still might be better than the fucking 
2014 movie, which was just a pile it of shit. Oh, yeah, I'll yeah. If, yeah. If they get better at this rate, it'll be the only franchise in history to have the best one be the third. Yeah, it'd be really weird, but we'll see. But, I mean, nobody, nobody <laughs> was there last night. I think our theater was maybe a quarter full, so I think That's this so movie's going to tank, and we're not going to get another one. Yeah, it was probably. It was pretty surprising to me, actually, how few people were there on opening weekend, Friday night. I mean, it's just people are basing off the first movie, which sucked, so mm-hmm. nobody wants to see But that one. still made a ton of money. I, I love, a I love Ninja Turtles. I absolutely love love i mean i'm a huge ninja turtles fan to this day i got 15 minutes into that first movie and i could not do it yeah. i i could not i i even stopped i went back i did like love labor's loss that you yeah. did <laughs> but i only made it like 10 minutes break 10 minutes again yeah. it's like I'm, I'm not like i'm out yeah I'm out. it's just not a good movie yeah. but this one is definitely worth like if you don't want to go see it in theaters i understand but you should definitely check it out when it's yeah. video. It's that was a, good it's that was a good short description yeah, it's a lot of fun uh next so I'll go, as pretty often, I'll talk about the uh, comics that I read this week. <laughs> this was the start of Marvel's Civil War II event, the official kickoff. They've had like a number zero and a road to number 0.5. I forget what the one from Free Comic Book Day was, but this is the official number one this week, and it was pretty good. And I always really enjoy Brian Bendis' writing, and uh, the way that he writes the Avengers, the new Avengers to me, is way better than their main line by Mark Wade and... Uh, I always love that in in comic books they can do like yeah I'll I'll just say it they can do ballsier things than they can do in the movies and uh some pretty uh some pretty big consequences to combat happen this week in Civil War 2. Great. It's funny listening to Brian read it because he was really enjoying it but then getting mm-hmm. mad at the same time cuz because I don't want to keep buying their yeah. books because they're so fucking expensive right now. <laughs> and I'm reading going, God damn it, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I have to buy the next one. Hey, Fuck. Hey, <laughs> Marvel, make your books not $6. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it is a very nice book. And I don't mean that like it's like a nice, oh, pretty. It's like right. it's a well, it's like a good paper stock. It feels sturdy. Like they put a lot of work into it. And the artwork is phenomenal. So it's not yeah. like a waste of money by any stretch of the imagination. I just, just I'm so happy with DC right now keeping all the books at three bucks. Yeah. To be honest, it is not I as don't nice. Buy comics, so. Oh, I, you know, I didn't buy the. Uh, the regular cover of Civil War Two, but I don't think it had the nice cardstock that Secret Wars number one did. I mean, this thing was a thick book. It was a thick book, but Secret Wars number one actually had a cover uh, printed on thicker paper, so that the the book kind of stays flat when you put it down. And this might have that then. Okay. Because yeah, I I was I not like it was awkwardly sturdy for me. Okay. Chewy, where have you been doing? Uh, well, I watched the finales of both The Flash and Arrow. Ooh. I enjoyed the finale of Arrow more than apparently everyone else did. Yeah, everyone seemed to hate the shit out like, of it. Like, there's a lot of consequences in both shows right now. Right. Like, things happened and it affected everyone. And for them, people to get mad at that, I'm like, you're just wanting... Because it feel like the both of the shows ended on a note that is definitely influencing the next season. Like oh, it's, my God. Yeah. They're not back to status one. They're no. to, like, oh, shit. Like, how are things going to be? Like, it's... I can't do any spoilers because I know Brian hasn't seen either of them. Uh, and the way that Arrow ended, to, for a slight spoiler, there's no Team Arrow anymore. Oh, so well, that's, They've been doing that the whole season. But So it's just like, well, I don't really know how the next season's going to roll out, like what's going to happen. I hope they don't immediately go, everyone got fixed during the summer and we're all back together. Say, like the end of the last one, Arrow quits. The very first episode, hey, we're back. Yeah, but I, I don't got I sleeves ha- now. Yeah, New costume. My sleeves. I really hope they don't do that again. Like, They're going let's to. actually yeah. deal with these consequences. I just want a sweet Green Arrow story, not a CW soap opera with a name that I've heard. I'm sorry, it's CW. You're going to get a soap opera. But Flash is pretty good. Eric, where have you been doing? Um, I mean, I've been grinding the the open mics quite a bit, a lot. That's been a big part of it. But if we're going, I, I won't talk about X Men Apocalypse because it's too fresh, and I don't want to mess with anybody on that. I think I think better because I can't do tons of spoilers on this. Um, is I just started watching Game of Thrones, mm. and by watching, I mean I'm in like season four now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I I would say I've watched the last four seasons in the last month, so it's That's it's awesome. a big. Uh, and I so about a week and a half ago, for all those knowing this, I saw the Red Wedding. Oh yeah, and Ooh. oh my fucking god! Like I was, I'm sitting there in my apartment, like middle of the day, and it's I I know we're towards the end of the season, but I know we're not the last episode. And, and when they just turn and and they start shooting the arrows and start stabbing the womb, and I'm just like, oh, like, yeah. but she's a side character. She's so like, oh, this is dark, but she can die. 
And then when they pump the arrows into the Rob, yeah. and then but then Rob stands up, and the and the mom takes the girl, and she's like, "I'll kill your wife, and just let us go, and we won't do anything." He's like, "Oh, he's gonna let him go. They're gonna say they're not gonna do anything. Later on, they're gonna come back. They're gonna do something because he's a side character." And he's like, "He's like, why? Why do I care about my wife?" And then they just gut Rob and and then slit her throat, and the episode ends. And I'm like, "Did they just kill two main characters in like an instant?" And like. I love it so much <laughs> because of the appreciation of the truth that anyone can die at any moment and you have to just cherish it almost more. And when they when they do that, and I know people have talked about it, it's like you watch the show so much more intently and so much more seriously because you respect somebody. It, it feels like somebody's earned the right to live or been cunning to live, and that just changed the game because you're like, oh, anybody's going to die. Anybody can die. Yeah. And that, to me, is something films and TV shows never do. And they just don't have the strength to. So to see a, a HBO do that has just been awesome. To see in, in cinema history kind of thing. I think that'll open the door for some stuff. Oh, I hope so. I don't know if you picked up on this, but once you figure out what that, that song, The Reigns of Castamere, sounds like, and you realize when they played on the show and what kind of impact that's going to have, it's amazing. Uh, so for future stuff or uh, for the big one is the red wedding. So the, the like the moment the, the band mom- changed yeah. the tune and they she, started playing she picked up on it. The Lannisters song. She was like, oh, fuck, we got double crossed. Oh, is that the Lannisters? Oh, yeah. That's, the that's like the song about how the Lannisters destroyed all their enemies in history. Oh, wow. That's and awesome. I a, knew she picked good up on the music where Cersei was- explains the song and, and I forget what season, but. Okay. She's explaining it to Joffrey, maybe? I forget who it was. I believe it's Joffrey. I yeah, could it's definitely not. No, I'm forgetting. Definitely but, uh, not past right. season four. Because <laughs> mm. Joffrey's dead. <laughs> uh, and that was a satisfying sequence. Oh, oh God. So good. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we should get started on today, it. right? Have I even mentioned what we're doing today? I don't think no. I have. What I wonder if they read it in the headline. Uh, we're doing Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes. Kind of. <laughs> ah, so Dude. good. I mean, we're doing Ant-Man. Oh, did you, did you watch the right movie? Ant-Man. <laughs> she did. She just got confused. Yeah. Hey, okay. there's giant ants that kind of do there's things, one. and there's only one in Honey, yeah. I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, there's well, one. For the record, by the way, in that, how is a scorpion in a backyard? Arizona. Yeah, it's Arizona. Was it? I thought it was California. I don't know. It's The plot put it there. Yeah. Like Just right now, this moment, I was like, Wait a minute! What's a scorpion doing in that? Yeah, you have that, and you also have the. Uh, why are there only like five bugs in this entire backyard? Right, <laughs> that's another great question. But whatever. Anyhow, so today we're actually doing Ant Man. So today's movie it came out last year, and everyone was rather nervous about it. I think in Marvel's camp, because unlike Guardians of the Galaxy, this one actually was a risk. I thought, hmm. um, because although Ant Man is a very very famous and old character, he's also kind of dorky. So the numbers today is it did not do as well as most Marvel properties, but it still obviously made a fuckload of money. I'm still surprised they were willing to spend 130 on it. That felt like that a is lot of money. Big. Yeah, uh, but. Domestically made 180, which I think is the lowest out of all their movies, except for maybe the first Thor. I'd have to dig through this site, and I don't have time for that. Um, but then worldwide, it made 519, which is explaining why we're getting Ant-Man and the Wasp, and why Ant-Man popped up in Civil War, right. and why Marvel's still happy with this property. Um, How many of those millions do you think went to uh, 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 Michael Douglas? Uh, I would guess oh, a lot. Do you think he back-ended it? I'm sure he back-ended <laughs> the shit out of it. It yeah. wouldn't surprise me. And I also like that he said, yeah, I'll do another one. Just, uh, you know, really bring down my part a lot. I don't, right. wa- I don't want to do as much. <laughs> well, yeah. I-, I liked what he uh, what he said about it, which was, I never did one of these with all the green screens and stuff. I'll try one out. I've done everything else in my career. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, he was a great Hank fan. Oh, he was he so was. good. Uh, all right, Eric, are you ready for this 30-second breakdown? I love how you make it, like, officially 30 seconds. I got to get to the end by that. Well, if you don't, then I I'm not going to make... have names. That's fine. But if you don't, right. I get to make fun of you. Okay. If you do, you get to make fun We're of me. We're about 13 seconds into it already. Okay. I haven't even started the timer yeah. yet. All right, Eric, you ready? Yeah. Go, 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 go. Okay, the story starts with this character, Scott, who's on a troubled dark life. He gets saved by a guy named Hank. Hank has this past history of creating a formula that allows you to shrink. When you shrink, you amplify your strength. Uh, it was used for military things, but he hid it because the military was using it for bad reasons. They now give Scott the ability to use it, and Scott starts using it for good, and partly a way to redeem having his child back. Uh, all along the time, someone else is forming a formula, and they use that formula to try and create evil. Scott defeats the evil guy in the end, and... Uh, 
Uh, and we live happily ever after, and Scott falls in love with Evangelina Lilly. <laughs> I almost want to say you didn't get it because you had to stumble over the last name just to get into the time frame. But I he either I'll... fell in love with her or they had the classic uh, cr- uh, speed thing where they just really wanted to make out at the end, but yeah, they they're not going to have a great relationship. Yeah, I mean, I'll say you did it. I'll say good job. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's get started, Ryan. Where do you want to start with this? So I want to start with the hype. I want to start with the very first thing that they kind of came out with this and that it was about Scotty Lang. And everybody who's been watching like um, these movies and Iron Man and stuff, I think they had announced Ultron by this point. And yes, the in the comic books, if you read them, you know that Hank Pym is the one who tries to create AI and accidentally creates Ultron, who you know becomes self-intelligent and decides to destroy the world instead. Uh, so we were all like, oh, yeah, obviously they're going to bring in Hank Pym real quick. He's going to make Ultron. You know, this movie's going to be about him. And then they're like, nope, Scotty Lang. And nobody had any feelings about him, I think. No, he wasn't really like a... He's not like a hated character. It's not right. like one of those people that's like, oh, fuck, Scott Lang? Yeah. Really? It's just kind of one of those, oh, he, him. I know him as the the guy who died to start the disassembled storyline that leads into House of M and all the other cool events. Which it doesn't look like they're going to be able to do with this, which is fine. I mean, no. if, if Scott Lang is our Ant-Man in the MCU, I'm kind of okay with that. And yeah, and I really like Paul Rudd as it, but it was, yeah, I agree. It was one of those things when I heard they're doing Scott Lang, it was really like, huh. Yeah. I guess that works. I mean, they're definitely never going to do House of M. So. Well, no, no, no. They can't. But uh, I forget what else that led into. Uh, it's eventually Civil War. But yeah. uh, it was the kickoff of all the Marvel Summer events. But um, For those of you that don't read comics mm-hmm. and you're as lost as me, I feel your pain. <laughs> House of M is when Scarlet Witch went No More Mutants. Oh, yeah. They love to bring that up a lot. You know, and then at the end of the day, I loved so much what they did with it. Because one of the things I've been missing about the Marvel Universe is like, the first time you see um, Nick Fury show up, Samuel L. Jackson at the end of a movie, he's like, I think to Iron Man, he says, your world is about to get so much bigger. And then Iron Man becomes the center of that world. And he has to go on and find the other people. We're like, what world did he join? And then we're like, oh, Michael Douglas as uh, Hank Pym has been Ant-Man, has been an Avenger, has been working for S.H.I.E.L.D. all this time and working with Howard Stark. So I, I like that they gave it like a, a deep-rooted history with that. Yeah, I like that, and I really like that it was. Uh, it just kind of annoys me that we know we'll never get to see. I mean, really, never get to see the Hank Pym Ant Man stuff. Because I mean, I always really liked Hank Pym as Ant Man. Because, like, uh, I know you're a fan of this. I'm not sure around the table, but like the whole like unwilling hero thing is always like yeah. a really interesting plot. And I always really get that from Hank Pym. Because mm-hmm. I always feel like Hank Pym is that character who'd much rather be in a lab than out fighting crime. Which is why, I mean, I think this movie works really well to that, whereas like, he's going to stay in his lab and he got Scott Lang yeah. to go fight his crime for him. I uh, caught one line in the beginning of this that I really loved, and I never really picked up the deep meaning of it before. When he comes into the room and it's talking to Howard at the beginning, he says, I'm a scientist, and Howard goes, no, you're a soldier. And I was like, oh, I never really thought about that before. Like, they treated him as a super soldier, even though he was like kind of the first of the original Avengers or whatever. Yeah, it's interesting. and I, yeah. I, yeah, I think they did a really good job with it. Um, let's move on to, uh, if we're going to talk about other things in hype, uh, I kind of want to talk about the ad campaign. I know that's weird. Yeah. So move into like, once they started announcing information about yeah. this, Eric, do you remember where you were at when you first heard of Ant-Man? Were you excited for it? Was it something you wanted to see? I, uh, I saw it, I think on deadline when I was, when I was reading up on it and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, not to get you know profane on that, but it's just, it was like, cause, cause again, like I, all right. So I don't, I don't read comics that much I, I read a couple when i was younger but like so i didn't know anything about it man i'm like wait wait okay he he shrinks like mm-hmm. what how is that going to be interesting like why uh, that is like there are so many people out there that i would rather be watching a comic of right now than this guy i have no idea why this is necessary right and i was like they're just throwing money away now they're just and the and the pictures didn't look as good of the suit and everything like yeah, the suit looked kind of cheesy yeah. that first poster that came out i thought it was funny but it really didn't sell the movie it just had like it was a white just sheer white poster with a very tiny thing in the middle and says ant-man size matters oh i really like that poster. i mean it's clever but yeah. it doesn't do it's clever for people like us who read the comics yeah. but to sell somebody like eric who doesn't read them at all it D- just kind of yeah. looks cheesy and I don't want to say stupid, but it's kind of borderline. It's like right there. Paul Rudd is what sold it. For oh, me. totally. He's oh, yeah. The, he's the reason why I went because I've always loved his acting and I, I respect him for what he does and how long he's been grinding at it. 
Grind is a great word. He's been around for a long time, and I feel like he keeps just pushing. It's so weird to me to remember him from Clueless. I always knew about Ant Man. Mm -hmm. I never read any of his storylines or was Mm -hmm. really that familiar with his character. I didn't really realize that he was even Giant Man. Like, I didn't even think those were the same thing. Uh, It's pronounced Giant Man. Sorry. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I was still very, like, confused mm-hmm. by like you have this entire lineup of characters and this is the one you're going with right now then again that was before i even knew how important ant-man actually was to the marvel universe because i just th- i didn't realize he had so much impact on things well he was well, important as hank pym i also yeah. like again for me just being like the science side i also have trouble with like the science behind it Oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, like, just no, don't like, think about the. No, science. I can, I can. Here's the thing: I can believe the shrunk down part. Like, right. I'm, I'm down for like, oh, there's a formula that shrinks. I'm down with, oh, I get he still has the same energy. It's just packed in one place. What it's not is if that energy is still packed in one place when he's hitting something, it, sh- it shouldn't disperse. Like the fact that they show like <laughs> him like punching somebody in the yeah, chin right. and it like makes him fly and amplifies it. Like no, it should just cut through his skin and kill the person. <laughs> you like, you are right. That that was the part the whole time I was like He said he makes him hit like a bullet, right? And then he hits like a cannonball instead. Yeah. yeah. I mean to be <laughs> but fair, he, but again, even if she he hits taught like, him how to punch. She's like, but you gotta learn how to punch. But even Open-handed. if you hit like a bullet <laughs> yeah. or a cannonball, why are you not decapitating people every time you're hitting? <laughs> because why it's you, a Marvel movie. Uh, it's like it got not, real dark. Yeah. They're not gonna bring all that blood into it. Yeah. Uh, but which is why I actually thought that they even did this character, because I feel like I mean, all the the Avengers movies and stuff were funny, but none of those particular characters by themselves were really funny. Well, that's why like, I, I feel thought... like yeah, I feel like they brought in Ant Man to yeah. be the comedian. That's exactly why they use Scott Lang because like yeah. uh, Hank yeah. Pym like is like this really dark, depressed character, and he he like gets drunk and abuses Jan, and like that you can't do that. Like they they t- kind of tiptoed around it with Tony Stark, who's probably the most famous drunk in comic books. With his uh, Iron Man was Iron Man two scene where he gets drunk at the party and like fights War Machine. Yeah, um, but yeah, they can't like go down the deep rabbit hole, the deep dark rabbit hole that Hank Pym did. So like yeah. Scotty Lang is like this great young guy. He fits more in line with Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man and Chris Hemsworth Thor than Hank Pym as a character ever could have. But his character is just the way they wrote him in general. Like he'll be the comedian of the group. Right. Like he's yeah, he's and levity all Spider-Man. over the place. I mean yeah, but just even based off the. Uh, the Civil War interactions, like that, is what he is. Yeah. yeah, like the whole like I believe you dropped this, Captain America. Like yeah. it's it's just like he's yeah. totally right there. And it wasn't I I really we'll talk about Paul Rudd now. We'll just move into it. I really like yeah. Paul Rudd in this movie. I thought I he did a great him job. As well. Um, no, well, I thought I, he did a great job. I thought he was a lot of fun. I I really liked the way he fit into the movie. I think I think one of the things too about I mean it's going into other stuff kind of, but it still plays with it. Is to me what was surprising to me about Ant Man about all of them. I think it was the best writing of all the movies. Like dialogue-wise? Yeah, Hands like dialogue-wise. Well, here's yeah. the, the I thing was is, just like, again, wha- with Paul Rudd, not to interrupt, but it, Paul Rudd helped write it. So he knows, oh, what, yeah, so he knows what works for him, comedic yeah. timing, okay, and that great. sort of stuff. Because so like, that was the thing. It's like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, why the? where is this writer, all these other movies, why are you not paying them to be in it? I don't get how you pay $130 million yeah. for a movie. I mean, this one they did pay for it, but it's like... and. A producer can't be like, oh, wait, that writing's shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, I just, I don't get how that's like, I don't get who's the best writer in the world. Like, you have to have the budget for that. Writers really are like the most bottom of the totem pole unsung heroes of Hollywood and they don't get enough recognition for it. And they will destroy a movie or they, or even, even a bad actor can sometimes be okay because the writing makes it work. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, singing Paul Rudd praises. I mean, it's one of those things where like he knows what works for him comedic wise. He's been doing comedy for years now. He knows like his timing. He knows what like lines he can pull off. And then uh, the other writer on this thing. I'm, I mean, I'm not. We can mention Edgar Wright if we want to, but I don't know how much of this movie is even his at this point, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing or whatever. Um, but I love Edgar Wright and I love Joe Cornish. I mean, Attack the Block is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, but that's fine. But when you have Paul Rudd and then Adam McKay then suddenly you're getting people who know comedy have written together and worked together and suddenly it's going to be a lot funnier and a lot more engaging and that's what they got. And they ha- they stacked this movie except for Hank Pym and Ev- Kate, I can't remember, Evangeline <laughs> Lilly. Like pretty much all of them were comedic actors. Mm-hmm. 
the villain guy, I don't remember his actor's name, but again, yeah, but he like, was on House of Cards. Yeah, Corey Stoll. Yeah, the rest of them have worked as a, as comedians, so they all brought their A game to this movie. Oh yeah, and I, I think that's kind of what I, I liked so much about it. Again, kind of with Paul Rudd, kind of with everybody. Is it just felt like it didn't feel to me like. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I love Guardians. We did an entire episode on how much I loved it. But that one felt like it had something to prove. And this one, right. I feel like, should have had that going for it, and it didn't. It just kind of, it didn't feel it needed to prove anything to us. It just went to be the movie it was supposed to be, and then it worked out. Well, it like, unlike Guardians of the Galaxy, it kind of benefited from only having to introduce one character. And that, like, talking about the writing again, that let it be a super tight, badass Hollywood movie. Like, you had the perfect things. You got the introduction to the world, to Hank Pym... Then you met Scott Lang in jail, and then he got out of jail, and then he like got this offer to get back in, and he walked away. He said no, and then we see a little character development. Then he gets sucked back into the adventure, you know, and it was like perfect. And then you had the right amount of training montages, the right amount of scenes where you see him with the ant, and then like the sweet double cross at the end. It's great writing. Yeah, I mean, it really, and uh, I know I had dinner with Eric earlier this week, and we kind of talked a little bit about this, and I brought up the one thing that a lot of people have been complaining about. Uh, we'll move on to that now, and we'll see if people agree, disagree, whatnot. It's basically the same plot as Iron Man, give or take. I mean, a lot of the character beats are the exact same, all the way through, like, the villain to the very end, third act, just pulling out the same suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the big difference would be that in Iron he Man... He shrinks? You know, that. <laughs> but uh, Iron Man's very much a, a willing hero. Oh, yeah. He can't wait. In, yeah, he can't wait to put on that Yeah, suit. and in Ant-Man, he's a reluctant criminal. Then he's a reluctant hero. The only thing he's not reluctant about is being a dad. Yeah. yeah and that's and, his but, motivation. Yeah, and I think they they hide that motivation. Not hide it, but they, they put it in the movie where it doesn't feel forced. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, by having Iron Man willing to throw in the suit, it, it eliminates really any and all motivation. Whereas this one, like he's like, I don't want to do this, but if I don't, I don't get my daughter, so I'll yeah. do it. But I do like an Iron Man, his risk of dying like towards the end of that. It's like that that's one thing that isn't quite in this. I mean, he shrinks to the oh, atomic yeah, level. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He level. he basically he acknowledges the fact that he's going to kill himself to save his daughter. Right? Yeah. Like, Never he, mind. Take that back. It's exactly like Iron Man. Did you yeah. <laughs> Eric, did you have a problem with the villain? I feel like uh Marvel has a real Absolutely. like Absolutely. a real problem of needing to put I'm sorry, comics in general, of like needing to match superpower levels and like it's it's just when you get into the kind of the Marvel universe or just comics in general is you flirt that line with you're playing the idea of a villain or you're playing an actual person that wants to cause harm and yeah. I think you have trouble in a film making people believe they actually would cause harm like and that was the thing with him like he he wants to be he's power hungry and it's like but his his actual ruthlessness I don't really get like going a little bit in like apocalypse like. Not even Apocalypse, but like like Michael Fassbender's character, like as Magneto, like you see some of that in the in the the new one that just came out, like the real darkness. Where you're like, oh fuck, like this is guy, this guy will hurt people. Yeah, and I think that's a problem with like Loki. I'm not afraid of him. Right. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being worried about that. I was a little worried about the the. Um, I can't remember the actor who plays him in Iron Man One, but. Um, oh yeah, uh, Bridges wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Obadiah yeah. Stane is the character. Yeah, but um, Obadiah Stane. Yeah, like I, I just th- there's not an intimidation there, and I think yeah. that's, and I, I don't mean to go always quoting back like Dark Knight or something, but like the Joker's just scary. I know. Like I'm, I'm truly intimidated by. He's him. got chaos, and yeah, and and I think that's the thing is with this one, it's like it feels like he got into the idea of being a caricature yeah. of a bad guy and that's where it bombs. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. Like the problem with this one and the problem I think a lot with uh, the Marvel movies in general is I, I feel, I agree I'm not afraid of Loki but they've written Loki so well that I still enjoy him as a character whereas I think... But the, like the Frost Giant, I'm way more afraid of the Frost yes, Giant. Yes, I agree. The But the only villain that I feel like they've actually knocked out of the park beyond Loki, I mean Loki as the character is very well written. I, I'm not going to say anything bad yeah. about him. Um but Zemo is really the only like villain who actually just kind of had a villain plan and was not there to try to beat up Captain America or Iron Man, um, and he did a really good job. Whereas this guy, wait, who? Uh, Civil, War? Civil War. I won't say anything Civil else because I want to spoil oh, okay. Civil War for Eric. Um, but this guy, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, did he need to be another Ant Man? Did we need that in this movie? I mean, it worked. No. I was entertained by it. And but I that, never really that cared wasn't about a thing him. from the comics. Yeah. Like in the comics, Yellow Jacket was just another Hank Pym identity. Yeah. And but I don't know who Ant Man's villains are. They're the Avengers villains. Like he just joins the Avengers and fights right. them. Yeah. Which is one of the. Well, I think this would have been a better 
told story if it was just like oh so Corey Stoll's character I'm forgetting his name now um, and it, it's nothing against Corey Stoll because he's a fantastic he can actor. be Darren he Cross can, I mean he proved Darren, that in House yeah. of Cards he can be, yeah he can be really dark yeah and he he's a great unbelievably talented actor and that's why I was really excited to see him in this movie but it, it's I think this would have been one of those things where it would have been a better story if it had been like no I've created my Yellow Jacket army. And yeah. then Ant-Man has to shrink down and stop like a drone army as opposed to just one guy. I think that would have been a more because the mono mono thing, it just doesn't really work because there is no. no stakes. No. The, the problem is the drone army was already happening for Age of Ultron. And that would have been. Well, no, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. I think they need to like when you do a villain, I think if you can show in the beginning some kind of like just you have to show how far they're willing to go and yeah. just an even an inkling of it. Like it gives you that whole time of unsuspecting versus when you show this guy, they're like, Oh, he's going to become the bad guy. I don't well, really get it. Well, Marvel movies, they all do that, they, yeah. but it's, they all do the same thing where but whoever the villain is, is going to kill one nameless person. But I'm saying in the beginning, you don't see the villain as this really evil aggression. Well, you do because he kills that one guy in the bathroom. So the, this, the shrinking gun. This thing. is my favorite. I, oh, I'm going to bring yeah. that up See, right that's now. That's what's so funny is I totally forgot that. Yeah, because this is my favorite part. They so they, they have him in the bathroom and he kills the guy with the shrinking splooge gun in like <laughs> the first twenty minutes, right? And then in the middle of the movie, they escalate his villainy by having him kill a sheep. Yeah, it's <laughs> like he kills the person first, and How then dare you? Then he kills the animal to yeah. show he's really mean. Wait, <laughs> as you know. Collectively on the internet, we I definitely know. care about animals more than we care about people. That's true. They just proved that in this movie. Anyway, yeah. move on about no, but his you, bad but villainy. It's it's one of those things where like I don't blame Corey Stoll. I don't even blame the writers. I, I, this is, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the last movie to come out with the Marvel quote unquote brain trust attached. Yeah. After this movie, I think is when they're all let go. Which yep. is, I mean, but uh, sorry, I had to jump on real quick. Like I'm, I'm just thinking back to it. It's like. Why is it the frost giant, the side character, they can write that? The mm-hmm. uh, Cyclops in, in the same movie Thor that comes into the town. Yeah. Like, th- there's there's intimidation there. There's worry right, there. Right. But the main character, you don't have that. This that- is a, a really classic, like, ugly movie trope that I hate. And we just watched TMNT, TMNT 2 last week, and I brought it up again. Like, there's always a mastermind. And then there's a an uncontrollable beast that he is let loose, or like the Lex Luthor Doomsday problem, and right, that's yeah. what we're getting. We're afraid of like these chaotic beasts who we we don't know if they're going to destroy things because the the villains are always like sane humans, and we just uh, trust that they're not going to like murder everybody. Which is, I'm hoping to dear God that they fix that with Thanos. If Thanos doesn't off the bat wipe out half of existence, he's not an interesting villain in the movies. That's the problem with Marvel right now. Yeah. It will be interesting to see what they go for. Yeah. Um, I want to move into something a little bit different than uh, what we've been talking about. Uh, I really just, I want to talk the side characters a little bit, but I want to save those for a moment. I want to talk about the special effects in this movie. Okay. So I have, I loved that they brought back the shrinking movie. Like I was unsure yeah. about the posters, but when I saw they're doing a, a tiny movie, I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be great. Cause I, Hunting I Shrunk the Kids was one of my favorites. It's a fantastic movie. Um, the first one, the other two are not yeah. the best, but that's fine. Honey, uh, I blew up the kid. Honey, we shrunk ourselves. There's no more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the thing that I really liked in this movie was, uh, and this is going to sound really cheesy, I don't mean it to, but they, by using the, the shrinking, they made a, like a smaller movie where it was not, I know it's lame, but it's oh true. Oh my God. It's I'm true. the comedian, Zing. not you. <laughs> Stop. No, but exactly. it's true. They didn't make an end of the world movie, right. which is what all these Marvel movies are. It's all about the end of the world. This one was a very personal story. It was a heist film. It yeah. was. And I think by making it that- It was never just a heist. Oh, I like that. Yeah, by making it a smaller movie and making it more of an intimate battle, you get to have way more fun with the character. And although they spoiled it in every fucking trailer, yep. which was really annoying, yep. that whole last action sequence on the train is yep. will go down, I think, in my opinion, is one of the best action sequences in all of Marvel. It might be my most, next to Twister, <laughs> my I most favorite product placement ever. Specifically for Thomas the, <laughs> Thomas the Train. But you didn't like it? No, I did not like the fight at the end. No. Really? I, Why didn't you like it? Because, okay, I mean, first, just, I mean, so they're jumping in and out of, like, states and everything like that. And one, like, okay, he knows he's so strong, but he gets afraid of the train coming at him for two seconds. And, like, and then just knocks over. He's like, funny. oh. Yeah, but, I mean, to be fair, but when you, when if you you're make jumping, that, if you're going big, small, big, small, big, small, I mean, it would be a little disorienting. 
It might, but it's it's hard for me to grasp into that. And when when you do something comical like that in the middle of an end fight scene, you take me out of the the fear and the worry and the intimidation. Mm. Like I immediately start like, oh, that's that's cute. I don't want to be cute at that moment. I need to be worried that it's not going to happen. And so when you just jump in and out of it, you just kind of ruin the flow versus the, the you know the constant struggle that goes on. Yeah, to me, like the real worry moment was when they're in the helicopter. Like that was the terrifying fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Except when they started this, the Cure song. Oh, I mean, yeah, the whole movie was full of like, um, just like violence de-escalation. I see, I don't think the yeah, mo- this movie ever intended it, to be anything more than that. Like I didn't I hate think, it. Yeah, I think yeah, no, it was it, meant it never to be me. the ch- fun, charming one. Yeah, and I thought they did a good job with that. I mean, I agree. I, I totally understand what Eric's saying. Like, yeah. I get the whole, like, when you're taken out of that action sequence. I, I get that, that can be annoying. But I, I think for me, personally, going into Ant-Man, I wasn't ever expecting to get just the really dark, tough action sequences. I kind of went guess, in expecting and kind of hoping to laugh at the action. I mean, because we haven't had a movie that's kind of like the, where they're trying to imply a little more humor into it throughout. I mean, the giant ant coming outside at the end, too. Like, yeah. it's funny. I forgot. And this come out before or after guardians uh way after that way after, after guardians. okay like a year after and I, and so i i mean when you look at it in that context it it makes itself a really good movie but again if i'm going in with a different idea right it's going to be hard to sw- uh, post it now i'm like oh wow when you kind of think of it like that like oh the movie really clicked even more but that shouldn't be the thoughts through it that should that, you have to establish that a little differently in the beginning than what they did i i feel like i don't know personally i think they did i think it, it, it kind of nailed the the tone pretty early on i think it kind of stuck to the same tone i thought um that was like my problem i say like we keep comparing it to guardians where guardians i don't think did nail that tone so at the end of the movie when they have the dance off it comes so out of left field where it's still funny but it it, it didn't match what was going on in that sequence that's at all. so funny because i thought that was Genius, really. This, in the level of getting taken out of a serious moment and then getting frustrated, like the dance. I mean, however much I do enjoy the dance sequence, that movie never. I was frustrated by the lack of, of good see, villainy in Guardians. Oh, more yeah. than I, I, I know was you're talking about film. you talking about this at dinner the other night about uh, Ronan, but like when I'm when I when that dance part happened, like that was his attempt to not fight. It wasn't like to me like the train thing was a bit that they put in the movie. The yeah. ant going outside was kind of a bit. That was him using humor to make the guy to disarm him, mm-hmm. and so it was. It, there was an intention in the character for it to happen versus it was placed in the storyline. I yeah. gotcha. No, that yeah, I could see that. Fair. But then again, coming from my comic background, I'm used to Star Lord being willing and able to fight. Like he's a yeah. fighter. He takes on. He's not, like but he's not. But I, and I think that. Um, Oh, God, I can't say his name right now. Uh, Chris Pratt? Yeah, Chris Pratt. I think he was willing to fight. I think he knew that that was the best approach at the moment because he's facing huge odds because he doesn't hesitate throughout the whole movie to fight. No, you're right. You're right. He's, he's, yeah. not, he's not the same thing as like... And even Scott's not so like, I, should I do this? Should I not? Like he's, he's still pretty much on board once he hops into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's the willingness of the character. I just... I mean, that's just my take on when I can, I feel like people are putting them in to be bits to be funny, and that's that's where it's like I got you. The uh, audiences no, yeah, are getting smarter. Bit, yeah, but it's it, whether or not you liked the bit. Yeah, really. I bought. I, I like the I bits, but it's just it, we're going in the sense of like a real storyline. Like if I think it's like if I told this a hundred years from now, I told this story, could somebody actually believe that this really happened in the world or not? Like, are they going to get taken out by it? Does that make sense? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so I, if, I, if I'm, I'm already I'm, out in believing this could really happen in the world in the first minute, yeah, yeah it's. I think it's at this point. It's just whether or not you buy into the the MCU or not. And right. I think like if you buy into it, like this is the kind of thing that I want in the MCU. Well, no, I kind of want that levity. I do I know what you mean. Level. Like, but I, I think Eric, maybe one of the problems you're having is that uh, you're not coming from a comic background. And I guess yeah. I've been reading a lot of that where the characters are like not exactly realistic because of the medium and like that. They, I think they tried to translate that to screen, whether it worked or not. Okay. That's always the biggest challenge with all these films. It's a, it's a continual problem, however popular these movies are at the moment. Mm-hmm. They will always have the problem of who's appreciating this in what way. Like, mm-hmm. comic fans will always appreciate it in a different way than non-comic fans. Right. And just trying to... Cr- they've The balance they've achieved is amazing, yeah. but it'll never be a perfect one. Can I ask you just a, yeah. a personal question? Are you do you ever see these movies and and all compelled to go out and buy a comic book and read a comic book over it? 
No, um, I'm very compelled to go onto Wikipedia and read on the character, mm-hmm. which I which I almost do every single time. That's actually the same as uh, our friend and uh, guest of the show, Rich Roy. He he's my roommate for a while, and he, we will always like talk about uh, whatever it be, whether it's uh, comics for him or Walking Dead or Game of Thrones books. He always likes to look up on the Wikipedia and see how it played out in that, but never actually read the source material, which I find interesting. Yeah, I like the source material can be intimidating. There's a lot of yeah. content. Like so for like this, I mean, I read up on like oh wait, wait Ant Man, who's Ant Man? Like how have I never heard of him? Right. And then I read up on Hank Pym, so like I didn't even know that Scott was another option. Right. Like so when they did that, I was like, oh, they're just adding another character. Okay, I get kind of how it works out. But again, like literally at this table right now, I've realized like oh, Scott's a character in the universe. Like I just thought they wrote him into that storyline. Yeah. Oh, right? okay. Like I don't, I don't have you know that kind of knowledge, and that's it's like realizing there's been like four different Robins. Like, right. Yeah, way more than four. Uh, yeah, I'm just but, but so not really knowing that. So yeah, there's a lot more. Like I really like to know that backstory because also when I go into it, then I get a little more. But it's not. I mean, the backstory I have is a very cookie cutter, yeah, like clean version of stuff, and just try to get some idea of it. And same thing with like Thanos and yeah. like who who is that guy? What does he do? Oh, the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, that's what the stones are for. Like, yeah. That and oh, that's why Chewie was very. But yeah, mad I've, about. I've never really had that pull. But I think in that because that's a lot of work. Yeah. Like that, I mean, <laughs> well, it's not, I mean, no, it well, but it's like it's like I, I've just never been like I've never watched him like oh my god I'm so in love with this now yeah. like I wanted just, to bring up one more thing about it and that is that you know you're kind of talking about so you saw the movie and being interested in going back in time and like seeing where Scott Lang came from and like the, the issue where he originally stole the Ant-Man suit and whatever. But um, Marvel Comics has been trying to do something really interesting lately where they write their comics to look and feel more like the movie characters. And this has happened in a big way with Star-Lord where they actually draw him with that red trench coat and like to look a, l- a lot more like Chris Pratt than they used to. And the same happened with Ant-Man, where they the only current Ant-Man issue, uh, series is with Scott Lang, and it's like he talks and acts and feels like he does in the movies. And it's like, I don't know if that's working for them or not, but it's something they're trying to do where no matter what point of the Marvel Universe you jump in, whether it be animated, video games, movies, comic books, like the characters kind of feel the same as... As the actor or as the, sorry, as the comic book? They're, they're trying to match the MCU to the comic yeah. series right now. Oh, okay, so, that, so that if you did, right, oh, I loved Ant-Man. Oh, gotcha. I should yeah. go pick up the latest Ant-Man comic. It'll feel like the movie that you just and saw. And he'll be drawn play, and look play, a uh, lot Champions more. I Champions of uh, the Universe or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> kind of the same, right? They use the character design from the movies. And like, right. if you open up the current run of Ant-Man, they will draw him a lot more Which, similarly to um, Paul Rudd than they have in the past. Actually, same with Punisher. The current Punisher run he almost looks like John Bernthal more than he ever has in the comic book in the past. Uh, fun little fact about that whole little Champions Guard. What, what, the, what is the game? Contest uh, of Champions. Contest right? of Champions, yeah. yes. Uh, Vision is the best character to play in that game. Shocker. Little oh, known fact about like, the Marvel Universe. No, because, he is one of the most powerful heroes. But here's but here's the reason why. is because he has on his second, the like three levels, his second uh, level is a power drain. And uh, as you play and you win more matches, you play higher and higher people and like better ratings. So like you're more likely to lose. I'm amazing at dodging and missing hits. And yeah. so I have this combination that I use to get them. But what I can't stop is them growing in their power. So I'll eventually like fight somebody that's like three times my rating and they'll get to their red bar and then just use it. And I lose because you can't block awesome. a superpower and so uh. I power drain it. I know it's a long story into it, but <laughs> no, those of you out there playing it, like you got that strong debuff character going. There. Yeah, I like and, that. but it's it, it's yeah. the first time I've used the character for a defensive move yeah. to be proactive. I'm always like high power offense, and that that's the only way I win, though. And you'll you'll win against all the nerds who are just like smash, smash, power, power. Yeah, that would be me. <laughs> all right, I want to finish this thing off with the uh, the side characters. Yes, because uh, as much as I love Paul Rudd in this movie, and I really, really do. Uh, I think the movie's kind of stolen from him by both his his side gang, and then uh, I'm really really excited to see Wasp, and I think they set her up really really well. Oh, so before that power you, Bob, can we talk about the power Bob? Before <laughs> you jump into those major side characters, I yeah. just want to say how much I loved Bobby Cannavale, and was it yep. Judy Greer that played uh, Cassie's yeah. mom? Yep. And the little girl was amazing. The little girl was like the best cast they've if had in a, a long little Easter egg. If you don't such know, a bubbly joy in yep. the comics. He's so ugly. <laughs> eventually puts on the the Ant-Man costume and mm-hmm. becomes stature, which is cool. They'll never do that in the cinematic nope. universe, but it's a fun thing. Uh, they did great, and on to... Yeah, uh, I, I want to start with... Uh, I'm going to butcher her name because I always do. Um, Even Jelly and Lily. 
Um, <laughs> yep, there it is. But I, I really liked her in this movie. I thought she did a good job. I thought she was a really fun character. Uh, She's super relatable. Like, the, there's multiple yeah, characters definitely. in this film that have parental problems. Yeah. Hank Pym, like, he's the... She's his only legitimate child. And she's having almost the same angst as the main villain does about, hey, you were really important to me. You're a father figure slash my father. Why do you keep giving this stuff to this random dude? Right. And yeah. And her character development of actually dealing with that and still being on her father's side while getting to beat Steven up was great. Steven. Steve. Or Scott. Scott. Uh, Scott. Yes. Sorry. Well, they had that great moment Gosh, where, the where he explains it to her, where it's like, oh, your your dad doesn't find you expendable. I'm in this suit because I can die. Yeah, that was great. And, and yeah, it's, but, but it's great, but it's one of those feeling things. of my dad doesn't trust me to not die. Well, it's more that they it, the movie begins with them having that falling out, which it yeah. seems like is 100 percent about him lying to her about her mom. Is that the case? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But it's definitely it was a hundred percent. He said to like died in like a car crash. Yeah, it was, right. it sh- and that he never told her that she was a wasp. It's right. like one hundred and ten percent stupid. Like that, him not never telling her that. I guess is him trying to protect her to make sure she doesn't want to follow in her mother's footsteps. Yeah. it's still stupid. I just kind of wish she didn't have the the Rhodey syndrome of oh, last yeah. time, like Rhodey sees the war machine suit <sighs> next time. Right, and she totally had the exact. You mean the, you mean I, I would have loved for her yeah. to be like, "It's about time, Dad." Yeah, well, she that, does, doesn't she say it's about time? Well, she just says it's about. Yeah, but, yeah, but, I, want, but I want the dad. I think that's the, the difference with like with uh, uh, Rhodey. I can't. Yeah, say yeah. Like he, like he wasn't asking for a suit for a while. Like he got one later. Yeah, and no, and like she in wanted the first to be, installment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're she right. She wanted to do it from the start. Yeah, but it, it's one of those. She, things she thought she was better than Scott. <laughs> which honestly, she, she probably is. Yeah. She already yeah. knew how to do everything. Yeah, so it's one of those things where it's like, I, I like that, and I really am excited to see her in that movie and to see her do that. And I'm really glad they didn't burn it in uh, Civil War because I know they're debating on doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was either going to be uh, that or a different thing, and they went with the other thing. Uh, still not spoiling things. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's, I, I'm really excited to see what she does in the MCU. I think she was a great cast, and I think she'll be a really good fit uh, when they eventually get to the Avengers, if she's in it, I think she'll fit in really well with that. Yeah. I totally think she plays. I think she plays like you. You have that mixed market of like you're trying to create a sexy character for the male audience, and but you're also trying to find a really confident character that's not slutty that right. has strength. Oh, and, that's and why she got power bob. And, what yeah, that the power, power bob. bob? Yeah. Oh wait, what? The haircut. Her haircut. Oh yeah, the power bob. bob. Okay, I was like, like I was like, she, is there a guy named Power Bob that I missed? The minion. Didn't you see the minion in there? The minion there. No, yeah, and that. Like, I, I, the whole time her character is is really strong and just I, I really appreciated. I like where they're going in the films of stronger female characters in a in a justified way. Like in a way, like like again, I mean, I know you guys did Force Awakens, but like just jumping on that too, it's like that was the first time watching that movie, watching a female character, and I'm not trying to be harsh. I mean, there's probably some in the past where I could see guys growing up and be like, oh, I want to be like her. Yeah, because of their their demeanor and their characteristics that anyone can be. It just happens to normally be in guys, but they're able to put that in a girl now. And I think this character in this film as well was yeah. closer to that. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I mean, I know I'll probably get a lot of flack for this, but I think she was a better she was a better first attempt of like a female role model character than I think Marvel has done yet. Because yeah, like, like Black she, Widow was fine in the first Black Iron Man. Widow was, I like Scarlett Johansson's Black the Widow. I do, but not but in Iron Man 2. To, Iron Man yeah. 2, she was just... Bluff. And she then was she's gotten the better sexy assistant. Yeah. Like that was our introduction to Black Widow was her yeah. boobs. Yeah. And then now she... By now, she's great. But in the beginning, eh. But no, then by the time that we got like to say even the Avengers, she's suddenly a much better character. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, I think right out the gate, they nailed her. And I get Yeah. And I'm really excited to see her in everything else she does in the I MCU. I think she's going to be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think she's not going to get much time at all, unfortunately. I mean, I, well, the, the next movie's even called cool. Ant-Man and the Wasp. But in the Avengers lineup, yeah. Well, well I mean, the Avengers the movie, Avengers. I mean, the, the Russo brothers are saying they want 70 superheroes in it. Yeah, but, you know, uh, you saw how much time even he got in Civil War. Yeah, and you're right. that was like, what, By 12 70 heroes? superheroes, so, they're going to do so can, what they did in Green Lantern, one, where they're just kind of standing there. Comment on all that. And this is my this is my worry because we talked a little bit about the getting mm-hmm. burned out. Like when you st- their their escalation, you know yeah. the, what they're trying to do with again seventy superheroes or whatever. Yeah. You're di- you're diminishing the value of even one. And I here's the the question is when will superhero movies fall? 
Like, when is that going to well, stop? I mean, that's any, any and all movie genres pop at some point. Right. It and happens to the best I, of them. But I feel like this route is escalating that to happen sooner because you're going to start to really struggle to just handle all that's going on. Which is why I think movies like, say, this one and particularly um, Winter Soldier are very important. Because most of these movies are, and then I'll get back into the side characters, most of these movies are kind of carbon copy superhero films. Whereas the Winter Soldier and this one, this one is a heist movie and Winter Soldiers was like a 70s spy movie. Mm-hmm. So it's the best way to approach this ever-growing bubble of comic book movies by doing different film genres just told from a comic book point of view. Yeah, I like that. I like um, that a lot. And I think I think that's what, I agree with you, that's kind of where they need to play yeah. on it. If they don't do that, I agree. This bubble's going to pop real quick. And that's I think that's why people were not overly enthralled with uh, Age of Ultron, because that one was just such a very carbon copy right. comic movie. Right. I mean, James Spader's voice was great for it. Absolutely. They had, they had a, I, I, I really, like the people who do the trailers sometimes, those people, I just, I, I almost want them to be the director or the writer or something <laughs> like that. Because, again, like, okay, Man of Steel, like, I, I did enjoy the movie quite a bit, but in comparison to what I thought based on that trailer, holy, I mean, the trailer came out and I was just like, this is going to be the best fucking movie of all time. Yeah. Like, it's going to be in, insane. And it did not match up to that trailer. Not even close, no. And, and, it's but, easy to create an emotion in 30 seconds, hard to keep it going yeah. for two hours. It's fair. I, I think any and all trailer editors would smack you for saying it's easy to create an emotion in 30 seconds. But, but whatever. <laughs> it's true, though. You can create that in 30 seconds and you can get it going, but do that for two hours? No, I agree with you. I'm just saying that like people are like, that's my entire livelihood and you just said it's easy. I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying <laughs> on that, especially when you have a music track playing kind of in the background oh, yeah, the whole absolutely. time. Yeah. But, but even that... Even that mo- moment they're creating i should be able to get that moment at least once in the movie and i never felt that in yeah. man of steel that's actually kind of how i really felt well. with I the new team and t i didn't get I the, disagree I, I know you disagree i didn't get the joy that i got from that one trailer oh, so no that music was in the movie i'm fine with that anyhow so the other side character that i feel like we need to mention beyond just like the the normal crew um, which I mean, big props to I'm forgetting is an actual friend of ours or well, friend of yours. I should say. Kind of like a, I'm not super good friends with him. He's more of a acquaintance, but David Desmelchin. Yes. Who plays? Is he Russian? Uh, oh, yeah, he played yeah. Kurt. Yeah. I remember him from Chicago. Yeah, yeah he, is in he's, a lo- he was in The Dark Knight. Yeah. He was an in amazing a- guy, and I feel like he's fantastic in everything I see him in, and I hope to see him more and more. Speaking of like the power hair with the power bob, the power pompadour they gave him. Oh yeah, yeah it looked good. Mm. Um, but then uh, I, I, the obvious side character we got to talk about is Michael Pena. Oh, he's Michael so Pena. He's been fantastic since the day he hit the scene. Like yeah. I, I love it whenever he pops Why up. Why he's not just a leading what? man in Hollywood is a crime. I've seen him do a lot of stuff. If you ever go back and watch um, End of Watch, which we did a whole episode on a long time ago with uh, when Nick was still hosting, it was just a really, really great movie, and it was mostly because of him and Jake Gyllenhaal's chemistry. Mm-hmm. And it's really great to seeing him work with other people and seeing him kind of be funny and that sort of thing. But he's always been a funny person in not funny roles or a funny mm-hmm. person in not funny movies. He's there to kind of bring levity. And the thing that I liked about this one was it felt like somebody was – Really just kind of going, you're hysterical, come be funny in this as a full character. Because if you look at his IMDb, he's been funny in other movies, but this one... If you want to get full funny him, check out the episode, two episodes maybe, that he did in My Name is Earl, where he plays a drug dealer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he can be hysterical, but this... I like that they finally gave him a movie where he was a main character, or like the head side character, if you will, where he was just like, not just the comic relief. Where he was, he's obviously the comic relief, but he felt like he was more than that. And I thought he just he, he took the role and ran with them. it. He genuinely them. Yeah, absolutely. He got things done that in, yeah. that crew did. Like he would have died through those laser things if they hadn't gotten they weren't dedicated to the cause. Right. And like speaking to what Eric was saying earlier, I feel like all of his uh, comedic moments were actually believable as his character. Like they weren't just bits. Like yeah. I totally buy that he goes he rambles on about stories and he's excited to come up with his backstory, his undercover security guard who whistles. You know, like oh, right. yeah, that's all great. Yeah, and that, that to me, it's the same thing as like going to a stand-up show and hearing like a fuck joke. It's just like, it's not really a joke. You're, you, you're doing something that's a, that's a bit. It's just, yeah. a, it's not, there's no thought in it. There's no intelligent connection of how it worked. And yeah, I think he, I think he does exceptional in that. And that's, and not, Chewie, not going on this stuff earlier about like the laugh, but like that's the stuff with the laughter. You can, you can put that stuff in any point in a film. It can be even at the end, but it makes sense. So it, still goes with the intensity kind of like i said like with the dance off like i was laughing hysterically during that but in the back of my mind i'm like 
this could go really bad. Like <laughs> Ronan is about to just get really angry at this. Not he, like Ronan could have just the zapped him. Dancing for <laughs> right. That was out, so out of character. Yeah, I, 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 the dude has a cassette tape yeah. and he carries it around. Like oh, that he's in character. Ronan being oh, like, oh Ronan. I'm distracted. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I just yeah. Uh, I wish yeah. Ronan would have been a better villain. Off Side the thing. yeah, off the track here, <gasps> off the rails. Sorry. Yep. Stay on target. Stay but thank on you target. for that compliment too. Stay on target. Quotes, quotes, Star Wars. quotes, quotes, <laughs> quotes. We're just quoting. Oh. Yeah. Well, my my quote, of course, is coming from Michael Pina. Hey, you want a waffle? <laughs> uh, mine. Oh, yeah. Mine is very simple. It comes in the beginning of the movie, a moment that we did not uh, mention. But for me, it was the moment that sold me. I'm like, nope, I'm in for this ride. Yeah. Like, I'm totally going to enjoy it. And that is uh, Baskin Robbins always finds out. Oh, you bastard! <laughs> quote. Yep. Damn it! I'm sorry. It's clearly like it, that is the mo- moment in the movie where it's just like, and it's even like it's repeated twice, and both times it's yeah. fantastic. Like the first time, it's like, oh, you found out. Yeah, yeah. Baskin Robbins always finds out. <laughs> and then later, like, oh, they find out who you are. Yeah. Baskin Robbins always finds out. It's like his, his bros know. Oh, yeah. Baskin Robbins always find out. And I, lo- I'm sorry, just for the costume department, I just love the the tie he's wearing in that scene. Yeah. The Baskin Robbins tie. Oh yeah, it just fits. That entire sequence, I'm I'm almost sad we didn't bring it up. It's just so good. The whole like, oh yeah, it's a cool crime. It's a sexy crime. Oh, I'm so glad you feel that way because I was afraid I'd be fired. Oh, you're definitely fired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole scene was great. Um, I'll, I'll steal then the next one. Uh, your fiance is an asshat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that that That's whole, Paul Rudd uh, right yeah, yeah, now yeah. for the sure, The bumbling too. cops in the film. No, that whole interchange is like, hey, watch your mouth. What? I said hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite quote is actually at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Paul Rudd and uh, Evangeline Lilly kiss at the end, and um, Michael Douglas as Hank Pym kind of bust them, right? And... And Paul Rudd goes on this tirade about like, oh, you shouldn't have kissed me. How dare you initiate that? And he's walking down the stairs and running away quickly. And and uh, Michael Douglas goes, hey, Scott. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're full of shit, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, none of you picked the other Hank Pym quote. The I want you to break into a place and steal some shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would have, but like, that was in every trailer. Yep. Yeah. I try not to pick trailer quotes. But yeah. it's funny. It's it still, is. It's a good line. It's a very good line. And I'm so glad they got rid of the, uh, can we change the name? Was that not in the movie anymore? Nope. They that's, got rid of it. That's good. Uh, that was in, And then we never mentioned the Anthony Mackie scene, which I thought somebody's going to take that quote of the, Oh yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Scott. Did he just say, hi, I'm Scott? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then my favorite at the end of that was, uh, guys, I never want Cap to find out yeah. about this. <laughs> it's very important <laughs> to me that Cap never finds out about this. Yeah. Um, I like uh, the other, uh, the the okay. This is one too. Also, like, well, I guess they all were really realism. But um, with uh, with Michael Douglas and then the other guy, the the competitor, he's like, "How's retirement? How's your face?" Yeah, that was great. That was that was a great Michael Douglas moment of just like his his like the grittiness in his voice and just like his like very uh, Wall, uh, Wall Street yeah like moment of oh, just yeah. like greed is good like and it's such a great moment of I remember smashing your face yeah i haven't forgotten i'll do it again (laughs) so if you guys anybody's watching on the dvd i uh uh, i want to put on the bonus features last night and there's a deleted scene where um paul rudd pretends to be a cable man and they like unhook they just unscrew um hank pym's cable and he like knocks on the door i'm here to fix your cable and hank pym already very well knowing who scott lang is like opens the door and pretends to be a senile old man and it's so good I'll have to check that yeah. out. I have the Blu-ray, so I'm sure we have it. Oh, yeah, it's on there. Um, all right, so the review system for today. Uh, this one is going to be difficult. I'm not going to lie. Um, movies that you did not expect to be funny. Um, I, I'm going to say this one first, but it's not going to count, and I'm going to take time to think it back, but I'll give you guys time. Um, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> you, you can, I hate to quote back from the movie I saw. You can totally use that if you want to. Because, yeah. because I did not expect that movie to be good, yeah. and I did not expect that movie to be funny. And if you watch the episode that I was on about this, can't you, watch it. it. You can meant, listen to it. It messed both of them. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. It was, but I'll, I'll find. I'll think of something different. No, I'm going to encourage you to keep that one because that's a very good answer, I and it's a so callback, too. which I also appreciate. Oh, thank you. I actually, my choice. I actually like in the realm of rewatch. I think I actually enjoy more than this film. Uh, so it's a little bit higher praise, but um, neighbors. Okay. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, I remember us going to neighbors, going. You know, we're really only going because it's Seth Rogen. We didn't really care mm-hmm. about um, 
What's his name? James Franco or Zac Efron? Zac Efron, all that right. much. I don't uh, but I do now. Yeah. Because Frank. of Neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Like, just yeah. seeing him in Neighbors, that movie just was way funnier than I could have ever anticipated. And mm-hmm. actually had one of the best feminist messages that I would have ever anticipated coming out of a film like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Neighbors. That's great. See so Neighbors. I'm going to go along those lines and say Get Hard, which was with Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart. And Was <laughs> that actually good? It was actually funny like i can't i kind of like hate to love will ferrell i cannot not laugh when he's on screen you know to i mean i guess to go with that one a little more um i mean i, I don't know if it was but like i didn't think old school was gonna be that funny uh, i thought yeah, it was gonna, it was i did i was convinced it was gonna be great I, I just didn't think i was gonna laugh that hard i'm just so glad they never made that sequel yeah that would have been a bad idea uh so i'm actually gonna go for another will ferrell movie because this is a movie that i was avoiding like Poor at will all ferrell costs. he's not getting I, a lot of hype in his movies i was i was convinced it was gonna be terrible i wanted nothing to do with it and then every single fucking person i knew told me i had like to watch me. it and i'd like it yes like you and i was like no i still don't want to watch it and then eventually i did and i now i've watched it north of 20 times it cracks my shit up uh the other guys um uh, it was a movie that i just i looked eh. at and i'm like Nah, Don't go like chasing it. waterfalls, man. Oh, my God. There's so many just little things in that movie that will continuously crack me up. The constant TLC references that he doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Uh, the bad guy in the movie. Um, Steve Coogan. Yeah. Oh, Fantastic. yeah. yeah. Like, the whole he like keeps like um, bribing them and they're not realizing they're getting bribed. Yeah. Like it's like The movie's just genius comedy, like beginning to end, and I love um, the shit out of it. I, I, you know what I'm going to say? This, is, this one's better. Pain and Gain. Oh yeah, <laughs> I did I not think that. I it was really good and really funny, and because one, it was it was based on a true story, and they actually were like literally following verbatim what they had on their notes for like yeah, like they they like stop you like an hour and twenty minutes in. They're like, by the way, still all real. Oh, is that when he's grilling the dude's hands? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's grilling the dude's hands, and and Wahlberg and Dwayne and Anthony Mackie, all three of them, they commit. I forgot that was Anthony Mackie. They commit so much to their characters. And they're so real, and yet they're so crazy funny because of it. Like, so I, w- I would say that one was definitely. I was like, oh, it'd be like an action movie. Like, oh, this looks kind of shitty. And I was like, I'm really enjoying this right now. I, I honestly think, given many years away from his career, that will go down as Michael Bay's best movie. Throwing the gauntlet. Not the Rock. Not the Rock. Not bad. Boys. Oh no, wow. you you can't beat the Rock. You can, and, you, and it's no. called Pain and Gain. Wow. Uh, with with the Rock. <laughs> I honestly believe so. You can only use the rock to beat the rock. He's like a your diamond. Your best. <laughs> your best. Losers say you your best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I forgot about that line. I'm going to stick to my guns because I'm an American. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> much like in Pain and I Gang. wouldn't mind gutting you, boy. I can quote the whole movie, The Rock. All right. Uh, okay, so it's time for plugs, 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 plugs. But stick around after the plugs for the answer to this question. If you could bring in any other MCU character, a la Thor in the upcoming, or a la Hulk in the upcoming Thor movie, who would you bring in to Ant Man and Wasp? So plugs, plugs, plugs. You can find me on Twitter at YBrianRyan. You'll find my one or two tweets a month on there. You can find me on Instagram at Censorlord, which is C E N Z O R L O R D, and After the Hype Podcast at Facebook.com slash After the Hype, uh, Twitter. ATH underscore podcast and everywhere else just regular ATH podcast. One of these days we might actually make all those uniform to make it easier on you, but we probably won't because that would take time and effort. Ryan. Uh, I'm going to take this moment to actually say goodbye to our uh, listeners for six weeks. I'm going on summer vacation, so this will be my last uh, podcast with After the Hype for that many episodes. Uh, I'll be back in August. And in the meantime, you can follow me on Audio Adventures on Instagram or please, please, please just like our page, uh, facebook.com slash after the hype. Follow us. Um, subscribe on iTunes to our podcast. And yeah, see you around. Bye, Ryan. You'll be missed. Uh, Chewy, where can people find you? That's um, just my normal plugs so of you can find me on Twitter or Instagram as Chewy9, all one word, and it's an IE. Okay. Chewy. Eric, where again can people find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram, the imperfect chase. Uh, you'll see a lot of pictures of my dog and me doing open mics. Nice. Uh, and then if you want to follow me on Snapchat, it's uh, Eric Chase eighty six, uh, Chase like the running. And uh, yeah, yeah, you can follow me on those two. Don't do Twitter, just do it Instagram. You can- <laughs> so answer to the question: Who do we want in the MCU's Ant Man? Out of the MCU in Ant Man. I'm gonna go with the Vision. He would be hilarious okay. to play off of Paul Rudd's like never take anything seriously, and the Vision doesn't 
like process humor. Uh, my answer is actually very similar to that one. I want to do Black Panther for almost the exact oh same God, reason. Yep. <laughs> just I love the idea of Black Panther having to deal with Ant Man yep. and just being constantly annoyed at everything mm-hmm. he's doing. I will go with uh, Jubilee <laughs> because Ooh. she's another character that a lot of people have made fun of in the past. She sucks. And they yeah, you go ahead and say that. <laughs> and they keep kind of putting her in the movies where they're like hey look we have an asian girl wearing a yellow jacket she's <laughs> definitely jubilee is she gonna do anything no she's gonna say hi i'm jubilee and yeah so maybe if she's in a random movie that doesn't have to do with the x-men maybe she'll do something man i i mean uh, uh, we've already known about that isn't anyone in the, well, preferably from the mcu but if you want if you want to go out there go for it go out there oh, gosh i'm i'm not as knowledgeable i chose the word knowledgeable very kindly on that um man i mean i i would like to see ant-man with uh with ralph from the from the book as a kid that's not the that's not the marvel universe at all that's just ralph the hotel and he drives the car and he like eats that has to eat you don't you know you guys never read this book as a kid that looks that's like, the mouse and the motorcycle yeah okay the mouse and the motorcycle the mouse and the motorcycle with uh, ant-man that's the movie <laughs> you had like some kmart bootleg version of the mouse and the motorcycle <laughs> named runaway ralph no no that's i just i just didn't know what to call it uh yeah that's what we need to do because that would be that would be awesome i haven't to be fair i haven't reread that book in ages so all i remember I from that book the is the like, mouse name. i just wanted something of the same like i would like something where he has to stay small size yeah. the entire movie. oh that's cool gotcha. yeah no i like that that's good so thank you very much for everybody being on. Thank you for Ryan for uh, for coming out and for going away. Oh, thank yeah. you so much for leaving for six weeks. It's gonna oh, be you're welcome. Awesome. Enjoy the time Dude, without just me. Get yeah. out of here. Why are like go away? Enjoy the LA summer heat. So if the oh, sound God. sucks for six weeks, Man. yeah, the sound. Well, this is a preview of what the sound's gonna sound like. Oh, so great. This episode sucks. I'm Uh-oh. super jealous now because Canada in August. Maybe it'll awesome. be like uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, and that it'll. The sound will get better and better. Yeah, each by, time. by eight weeks in, we're gonna be great. It's All right, gonna guys, sound like weeks. we're but touching you. Time to go. Time to go. Bye. 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 Bye.